Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Games of the Decade. And now we're actually doing this. The Top 100, we sort of have it almost made as far as we know what the 100 games are. We have to order them. But man, it's been such a challenge to get to this and... I don't know about you guys, but I'm just, I'm just happy to just, now we can just rank this and <laughs> we got through the difficult part. So I'll explain how we did that in just a second. If you listen to our last chance rankings, you'll know that we, uh, put 38 more games back on the list per se. And then we did a, where the five of us that were on the podcast went through and did a one to 138 ranking. And 38 games were eliminated to get where we are right now. Uh, unfortunately, we are two people short from the last couple of podcasts as, uh, Randy wanted to watch the college football playoff game that, you know, it's once a year. It's college, it's Super Bowl. So don't blame him. And uh, Daniel Anderson is working. So, uh, I'm here. Sean Garmer, your host. And as always is with me here, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And also here, Jens Dietrich. Hello, hello. So, all right, guys. Just to, you know, because we always seem to have to give other games a shot. We we just can't go with what we got. Let's go round robin. Two games, up to two games that you would like to give one more shot to put back in to the 100 and then obviously let's you got to discuss what game or games you would want to remove right um, so yeah of the 38 that were cut yeah so, oh i should i should read these out even though i'm sure no one will remember by the time i get to the oh right i get to the 38 but i should i should probably read these out so and no, I'm I'm going from bottom to the so I'm going from 138 to 101. If you're looking at it that way, Night in the Woods, Octodad, Dadliest Catch, Stellaris, Metal Gear Solid, Rising Revengeance, Crusader Kings 2, Pokemon Go, Beat Saber, Binary Domain, Deadly Premonition, Plants vs Zombies, Hellblade, Until Dawn. P.T., Witcher 2, Zombie Chronicles X, Endless Legend, Sleeping Dogs, Doki Doki Literature Club, Raven Legends, Alien Isolation, Everything, Cities, Skylines, Rock Band 3, Doom, Gone Home, The Stanley Parable, Splatoon, Yakuza 6, Song of Life, Rainbow Six Siege, Gears of War 3, Bioshock Infinite, you're hearing that right, Bioshock Infinite did not make the list, No Man's Sky, Neo, Watch Dogs 2, Kerbal Space Program, StarCraft 2, L.A. Noir, and the last one that didn't make it was Tricky Towers. For so, shame. yes, it is a shame. So, all right. Out of those 38 games that I named, go ahead and give me one, Jens, that you would like to put back on the list. I'm going to choose Crusader Kings 2 because I think it's extremely notable. It's a, you know, strategy game slash historical sim that allows you to simulate essentially a legacy, a royal legacy of, you know, whatever European country that you choose through history. Kind of deal with the court intrigue, deal with the big wars. Like it's a game that simulates kind of everything from your global geopolitical situation down to finding a wife for your heir or backstabbing a pope or you know whatever you want to do so um the amount of emergent gameplay is tremendous the amount of depth is tremendous and um uh just as impressive is what the mod community has done with it 
you know, they've taken the framework of Crusader Kings 2 and they've applied it to all manner of things, you know, Game of Thrones, other historical events, sci-fi settings. Uh, anyway, there's just, uh, it's a forever game that, like, if you were stuck on a desert island and you needed something that you could get basically kind of endless, unique content out of Crusader Kings would be your game. All right, absolutely Mark? no actual gameplay whatsoever. I mean, <laughs> that is an absurd thing to say. The gameplay is managing your family and your kingdom and your relationships and every little aspect of trade and war. And I mean, I don't know what else you want. I mean, it's a. Not, it, not, you, you, not, you could argue. You could argue it has the most gameplay. Not gameplay in a menu or a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's just that you don't like the style of game. That's fair, but I think it deserves to be on the list. Mark, what's your choice for uh, you know in our round robin? What's your first game you want to put back in? Uh, I say I say Endless Legend. It's a 4x game. Uh, there's no, no other 4x games on this list. I think it's a fun genre, and I think it's a really fun game. Like good good economy, really great art style, good music. A lot of different civilizations that like are very actually different from one another. Like you have to deal with like, like weather in the game. Uh, yeah, it's just a whole lot of whole lot of fun, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's not you actually have some some units to deal with <laughs> some in I, combat. <laughs> it did look good from what you showed me. Yeah. Alrighty, Sean. Well, for me, uh, my first choice is to put back in Doki Doki Literature Club because yeah, it's an indie game that you go into it thinking you're just playing this visual novel with, with anime and then all of a sudden rather quickly turns out that it is not what you think it is and it has the total just absolute twist that will make you go crazy <laughs> Perhaps make your computer go crazy too. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Screw it? your computer, screw up your mind. It's, uh, it's a it. fuck game. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely love that. So, gotta put it back in. Uh, go, Jens, what is your second game? Uh, I'm gonna pick Kerbal Space Program. Just because, um, you know, it's a spaceship building sim, it's an engineering sim. Uh, it has transcended the realm of games to become, you know, a thing in the larger culture that is used for teaching. It's, you know, there are science articles written about it. It's actually got the, the amount of stuff that it simulates about, uh, space travel and how to build an effective spaceship that can actually get you to another planet is actually, despite the fact that it's very cartoony, it, is a remarkably realistic game in a lot of ways and has been recognized for that. So I think it deserves to be on the top 100 because I think it is historically significant. I think it's even, I think it's in the Smithsonian. I think they've got Kerbal on display in the Smithsonian on one of the, in the games sections where they've put notable games. So. Wow. Mark. I I have plans for zombies. I think it's a really great little uh, tower defense game. Simple, but addictive. Really colorful graphics and like personality. Uh, they ruined this franchise with all their paid, you know, DLC crap and all their shooters that no one cares about. But I still think that first game is like when I pop cans, pop caps the best. Yeah. The reason I like Prince for the Zombies over most other tower defense games is just it's the right level of complexity. Like you don't have to worry about fending off things from every direction or managing a big map. It's really just here's a couple of lanes. And while it gets hectic, it is always manageable. Yeah, like even like the boss fights in the game are still pretty simple. Like as long as you, you know, adequately upgraded your stuff and haven't screwed around yeah. too much. I mean, it's not a super easy game, but like uh, in terms of complexity, it doesn't overwhelm you. And there's kind of a rock paper scissors mechanic to all the the items that you can use. So you kind of got to choose the right things for the right zombies and. Um, that's really good. It's really well designed. Yeah. And for the final pick, I'm going to, you know, I think we we should have a music game in our list and unfortunately I don't both agree. 
<laughs> uh, unfortunately, both the major music games are in the eliminated section. So, you know, I think if you're thinking about right now, Beat Saber is really that <clears throat> major music game. Uh, but I think where it fails is where you want your music game to be at its highest, and that's the soundtrack. And that's why Rock Band 3, for me, is an ultimate talk about soundtracks for all the video games. Yes, it's it's cheating. It's almost like picking Smash Brothers <clears throat> Ultimate as a... You know, your soundtrack, that's just like the soundtrack of everything, Nintendo and, and other uh, video games. Rock Band 3 has licensed music that after Wazoo from any almost anybody you can think of. And I mean, that it helps to have the other previous games to include in that as well. But Rock Band 3 had its own a fantastic soundtrack just on its disc, not to mention the DLC that came after. And, you know, adding the piano was a huge deal. It brought in people that necessarily didn't ever want to play those games, but you add in that piano instrument, and I think you had a different kind of player that wanted to come in, and a lot of female uh, rockers that all of a sudden wanted to play. Uh, because the piano, and you had the three-part harmonies that was introduced in Beatles Rock Band that got put in this game that uh, made singing even more fun than it already was. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so now we have to decide the six games that we're going to remove. And you know I've what's... Got a, yeah, I've got I, I was... Thought, thought about this. Yeah. We've got a lot of redundancies here in terms of series. Like, we can just cut some of these other... Yeah. We can keep a representative game and just cut some of these others. Yeah, I know. You know, it's funny as you and I kind of voted that way, looking at it and saying, okay, well... We don't need all these sequels or all these, you know, first games. Let's kind of get a lot of them out of there to put other games in the list. You know, the other, you know, Mark and the other two guys didn't necessarily vote that way. So this is kind of why this this list is, you know, the the ones that got eliminated is kind of wacky. Um, so yeah, I think that might be the best way to handle it because do you really need, say, both Tomb Raiders or? Both the yeah, Xenoblades, or, you know. We've got multiple Far Cries here. So out of Far Cry 3 or 4, which one do we cut? 4. Okay. What's like your justification Voss. for this, Mark? I like Voss. Even though they do, they do him wrong in Far Cry 3, he's probably a better character right. than Pagan. <laughs> I'm going to make a brief case for 4 over 3. Uh, I feel like 4 is more open. It does not limit you in campaign missions as far as like putting invisible barriers up that prevent you from approaching them in whatever way you want. And generally the story is just executed better. Like it actually kind of carries all the way through the end in a satisfying way. Whereas Far, Far, Far Cry 3 just, um, to me falls apart in the third act and devolves into ridiculous mysticism and terrible choices. So, uh, as I recognize. To, yeah. As opposed to the tattoo from Far Cry 4. Uh, I mean, okay, so that's it's a way of Ubisoft to keep their keep that element in there, but it's in a much more reduced way. Like I really didn't like any of that stuff in three, but I do also recognize that three kind of innovated the series, and um, you know, Far Cry Two was a very divisive game, so Far Cry Three kind of split the difference and gave it mainstream appeal. So I, I can I can see the argument for it. Um, both of them have really great, you know, uh, outpost design and uh, combat design. So they and they feel really good. So in that regard, they're both great games. But out of the two, what do you think, Sean? Do you want to break this tie? Uh, I'd go for Far Cry Three. Okay. Myself. Fair enough. I'll relent. All right. We don't need two Assassin's Creeds. Brotherhood is better. I mean, Far Cry or Far Cry Assassin's Creed Four is a better game, I think, but Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is like a, a perfect distillation of that franchise, and okay, like so the, my, most, the most pure gameplay mechanics of it. So the argument against Brotherhood is that it's just a slight iteration on 2? However, I think the argument... Yeah, but the, the argument of 4 is it's an iteration on 3. <laughs> right, but it's a bad iteration on 3, right? Like, um, Well, I mean, 3 was bad, so... <laughs> no, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good one. Like, I mean, they fixed 3 a 
Okay. Problems, but. Sorry, sorry. I mean, it's a bad iteration compared to Brotherhood. Like, Brotherhood, to me, the argument for it is that it's a real, well-playing Assassin's Creed game that has the verticality and the mission design that you want from an Assassin's Creed, whereas the only thing I liked in 4 was the ship combat, and that's, you know, kind of a new addition, which is really, really good, but it's not traditionally... Like, if you're looking for a game that is representative of Assassin's Creed 3, then I agree it should be Brotherhood. Assassin's Creed the series, not three. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, gosh. <laughs> I don't think you want Assassin's Creed 3 representing anything. So. No, I want Assassin's Creed. I, I, I've not thought about Assassin's Creed 3 in a very long time, and I don't really want to anymore. So I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of replaying it. So. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with you. On Switch but, or just... Uh, no, on, PS, on PS4. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, Brotherhood it is, then. Um, do we need both Fire Emblems? I mean, no, Awakening, no obviously, is the lesser no one. Good one. <laughs> They're both great. They're both great games. I mean, yeah, you Awakening. wouldn't have Fire Emblem 3 Houses without Awakening, but... Yeah. The, the, the argument for Awakening is that it, again, it's the one that made Fire Emblem big, and it's a more traditional Fire Emblem. So if you're looking for something that's, like, representative of Fire Emblem as a whole, Awakening is closer. But... I love the way that Three Houses iterates on the formula. I love all the new stuff they added. I love the social, the the focus on the social links and the focus on the more persona-like elements and simplifying the combat system, getting rid of the rock, paper, scissors kind of triangle mechanics. So yeah, I, I feel Three Houses is the one. Uh, even though Awakening is a fantastic game. Prob- I mean, to me, one of the 100 best games of the last 10 years for sure, but you know, this is a big list. Yeah, uh, I don't think we need both the Tomb Raiders. So that's that's a difficult one, right? Because you know, Tomb Raider, kind of a great great return to form for the series. Great story, great characterization. Her initial journey from um, you know being being a, a you know a lost uh, uh, you know young uh, archaeologist to being a killing machine. And dealing with, you know, her first kill and all that stuff, I thought was really compelling at the time. Yeah, uh, in the way like, that. After the first, after, you know, she, after she gets her first gun and goes, you know, she comes murder, murder machine. She, it's true. That's like the first hour and a half of the game. That is true. But I, I still think like the story of Tomb Raider hangs together a lot better than Rise of the Tomb Raider. I think in Rise of the Tomb Raider has actual tombs, probably bigger, better levels. So yeah, I thought Tomb Raider's like the story of Tomb Raider one, like her story is decent, but the actual story of like trying to sacrifice her friend to appease some Asian weather which was like nonsense. <laughs> it's way better than making it all about her dad again and having the, the evil mercenary group and all that stuff. I really I did not care for uh the Rise of the Tomb Raider story all that much. I thought the game was fantastic. Uh but I don't know. I still think the first Tomb Raider is probably overall a better experience and a better entry point into the series. Nah. And yeah, again, I, I would also say Tomb Raider just from... This is one of those times where I think using the... That Tomb Raider started the whole thing and, you know, I, I just like Laura's character more in the first Tomb Raider, and that's what I think of that Tomb Raider more. I, I know the tombs are important and everything, but I just like that first game more than the second and one. And Shadow of the Tomb Raider ended it all. Not well, you know. Let's try to remember the good things. Yep. You know, I, actually, I, I want to bring up a different perspective because... You know, I know Mark's going to go for the Dark Souls uh, just to get one out of there, but I would say more closer to each other, but one of the Bayonettas, do we need both? They, I mean, they're yes, very both. similar. Yeah. Unlike Dark Souls, both games are actually good. <laughs> yeah, but Dark Souls 2 iterates and perhaps it's... changes Dark Souls 1. A bit to where Bayonetta one and two, they're playing the same. Just yeah, they're both great, but they're both. You know. Yeah, but in Bayonetta two, you can turn into uh, Link and whatever stupid other Nintendo characters there are. <laughs> it's funny because I cut Bayonetta two from my list for that reason, 
but I'm so happy that it's somehow back on the list due to other people. Yeah. I, I, I would hate to lose it more. And I know I made the case of like, Dark Souls is a significantly different Souls game than, I mean, Dark Souls 2 is a significantly different Souls game than Dark Souls 1. But I guess I can bite the bullet and cut Dark Souls 2, make Mark happy. Not not ha- completely happy. That'll happen when Dark Souls 1 is also cut eventually. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, fact, Dark Souls 1 won't get cut. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm okay with that. I, I would hate to... I just think Bayonetta 2 is absolutely incredible. And I think it's incredible to be, like, that it was on the Wii U. Like, and that it really yeah. worked well on there. That's true. I mean, it was a, it was a great Wii U game. I mean, it's, uh, to be, I mean, to be fair, it's exactly the same as Bayonetta 1 in terms of art style and graphical fidelity. So, and that was a last gen game. So it's not actually that surprising. It's, it's not even really a lateral move. I mean, I guess it is a lateral move. The Wii U is ever so slightly, maybe it's a little, slightly more powerful. Anyway, uh, the amount of spectacle generated uh, by both Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2, though, on those systems is uh, tremendous. I'm saying tremendous a lot. Word of the day, I guess. Okay, I would say that, you know, you can make a case for the Xenoblades, but they're two totally different games with two totally different cast of characters. One is yeah. not anything like the other. So uh, you want to keep Xenoblade 1 and 2 over, over Bayonetta 2? That's that's what I would say is that you're not we're not talking about I mean the only other game you can make the case for is like the Uncharted's that continue the story or the Red Dead's that continue the story and but there's so much separation between Red Dead one and two. It's not just story know. though. If you were yeah. if you were arguing like Xenoblade Chronicles one or two versus Xenoblade Chronicles X, then I think yeah that's why X didn't make it yeah. Well, X didn't make it, but I mean, X is X probably should be. I guess I've wasted my two games. I haven't wasted, but I I would probably put X on here instead of one of the other Xenoblades, just because uh, of um, it being a significantly different one, but of similar quality. But um, okay, so you wanna you wanna really you wanna keep both Xenoblades and cut Bayonetta two? I'm not that. I mean, unless, like I said, unless you want to cut one of the other, unless you want to cut one of the other ones that have, they follow the story, but they have similar gameplay as well. You know, I mean, Uncharted cut either Uncharted three or four, probably Uncharted three because I didn't play that one. (laughs) Well, I would say Uncharted four is better. Which one? I I always I've enjoyed Uncharted four a lot more than three. I like three better, but it sounds like I'm outvoted on this. If it if it means keeping keeping these other games on here, I'd be happy with cutting an Uncharted. Right. Uncharted three ranks lower, so that's sort of an argument. Okay, so we got the six, then. Okay, that so we let's need to remove move Uncharted off this list. Oh, Randy, yeah, but- if Randy was here, he'd be totally pissed. <laughs> so, uh, he's, not, he's not a big RPG guy. He's a big action or adventure guy. Well, so. Uncharted is like one of his favorite series. So, yeah, I think. Well, he decided football is more important. So well, he gets, I, he still gets be- four. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. He's got his priorities straight. He's stuck to be him. Him. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Well, so Uncharted 3 is off the list and I'm going to put Xenoblade. Okay, here's Xenoblade. Let's see. Where even is it? What? Mm -hmm. X? No, I'm looking for... Well, Xenoblade 1 and 2 are in the 90s. This control F it. (laughs) You can make a case for... That's not going to work with how this... uh, No, we'll just leave that alone because we're not doing... That those rankings on this show anyway, uh, which I should have uh, mentioned that all we're doing is 100 to 76 uh-huh. on on this show. So, uh, yeah, we can just leave that alone for now. And well, that yeah, totally does, that totally does work. That's why I did my list. <laughs> well, we've we've currently got Xenoblade Chronicles uh, one and two at 90 and 91. Uh, we should prob- they're probably they probably gonna move. They both probably, probably should move. 
Yeah, they, well, they're both going to move up, so I'm just going to move both of them up. And uh, then we'll we'll deal with where they should be ranked on a later program. Yeah. Okay, so that's our six. So now we need to look at our bottom 25 uh, and see which of those bottom 25 are going to move up or down. I'm going to read that from the from 100 upwards. So we've got PUBG, Return of the Oberdin, Detroit Become Human, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. We got rid of. Okay. Uh, so Life, Life is Strange, strange would Papers, wind please. up in that spot. Yep, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Xenoblade Chronicles we've moved, Dragon Quest XI, Luigi's Mansion 3, What Remains of Edith Fitch, or Finch, I should say, Far Cry 3, Bioshock 2, Untitled Goose Game, Forza Horizon, South Park The Stick of Truth, Cuphead, Hearthstone, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Saints Row the Third. Wolfenstein The New Order, Halo Reach, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Walking Dead Season 1. Okay. Right. So what what of these is going to move up and ascend to a higher realm? Who's going to go to the heavy side layer? <laughs> uh, definitely think you got to move Assassin's Creed up some. Mm-hmm. I mean that Dragon Ball, and then Saints Row Three. <laughs> now, how about I feel like Limbo and I don't know. I don't know. I, I personally am not a Hearthstone fan, but I guess you could make an argument for Hearthstone. I think it needs to be a bit higher. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean. It's the card game that made made everything after everything after it wanted to be Hearthstone and it still hasn't really been able to. Yes, it's What are you talking the, about, man? Art Artifact is going strong on Steam right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. I I mean, what did you have before that? Like Yu Gi Oh is coming out with games on the GBA. I mean like and Magic had their Planeswalkers say, thing. Yeah, I I would say Magic's probably the biggest one. But yeah, I mean, they they made it viable for you to un- think that you can have digital card games uh, and make it a thing. Like, I don't know that you take uh, Gwent out of Witcher and make it a card game if Hearthstone didn't. Well, I mean, they tried, it, it kind of failed. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but I mean, not everything works. Obviously, you know, they what you just said, artifact. They tried to make that a thing, it didn't work. But then, you know, Dota Two Chess works for them, so. They, uh, auto chess, I should say, but not all spinoffs are are a thing of magic all the time. Are created equal? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got Cuphead, Tokyo Mirage, and Saints Row. All right, I think I've taken everything out of our temporary list. So now let's let's talk about what moves. Do you guys want to start at the bottom? Like, what's our what's our bottom one hundred? Uh, I think you could put uh, what Detroit at a hundred. That makes sense to me. I mean, we've got to put one David Cage game on here, and that's probably the best one. It's got the least offensive quick time events. It's got a story that doesn't fall completely apart by the end. So oh, even though 80- it's only like 80, 85 percent. So he's yeah. improving. <laughs> Presentation's really great. Um, you know, it's got uh, excellent acting. I mean, they've all got good acting, but but yeah, this is probably for representation's sake. This I, I like this at one hundred. Mark, you're a big Detroit fan. Do you want to say anything about Detroit? Yeah, it has a beautiful, beautiful Clancy Brown in it. Ah, Just Clancy Brown, number one. Clancy Brown. <laughs> That's the reason. Oh. Yep. I mean, we we do love Clancy Brown. He, the only he, Clancy Brown's—he was the Kurgan. Yeah. What more do you want? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Extreme Prejudice. That's my Clancy Brown recommendation for the day. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good gameplay. Uh, the story is what it is, I guess. But the, I like the world a lot. I think they could actually do more if they really wanted to. Um, and of course, we know you're in love with the menu Android. Yeah, she's pretty hot. Mm. I don't, I don't even think she has a name, but I like I like the actress quite a bit. Or she was good in that little role, even though I don't think it was her voice. <laughs> well, all right, this next thing might sound crazy. But so even though it's kind of the swan song for Bungie and Halo and a beloved event, I I think Reach can probably go like near the bottom of the list, like maybe even ninety nine. I don't know. I make it. We'll see. Yeah, but definitely could could go lower. Reach could go lower. No, I'm saying Reach could go that low from its spot at 76 or wherever it is to start yeah. in the 70s. It's, and, it and I think you can make the case high. that Wolfenstein New Order as well could drop some too. So Wolfenstein, of course, uh, you know, really important game made, turned Wolfenstein from a little B franchise into a triple A franchise that people cared about again. Yeah. And, and uh, it's just really good. But uh, yeah, those two Despite being really competent shooters, I just don't think they're that remarkable in the great scheme of things. There's a lot of other uh, games in their series. I don't I know, know, but you could certainly make the case for both being still the, maybe the best ones as far mm. as telling the story. Well, ODST has... I yeah, like ODST. more than ODST for sure. Yeah, Rich, well, okay. I like ODST, I like the hub, I like the jazz. It's got things that I uh, prefer, but uh, Reach is kind of the most epic one. But I just don't see a Halo game. Like, to me, it's already, you know, this is like the tail end of what Halo was. So, oh, yeah, because 4 okay. and especially 5 did not hit those mm-hmm. heights again. Okay, so I've got to put <laughs> Crusader Kings. I've got to put Crusader Kings somewhere. Well, around that area. Hmm. I mean, I could probably... To me, Crusader Kings is probably, like, in the top 50, but I just know I'm the only person who cares about it that I much. I think any... I mean, if we find another person that really loves Crusader Kings and looked at that in the top 50 and said, what in the world is this? That's probably the reaction of, like, 99% of the people that would listen to this podcast, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, uh, not to mention when we do the written written part. uh, If anybody that reads that knows what Crusader Kings Two is, uh, you know, I think they deserve a some kind of gift or something. That's crazy. It struck me like there was a time where Crusader Kings, at least in the PC realm, was huge. But yeah, you know what though? I'd still Randy isn't here and can't fight me on this, so I'm still gonna put it above PUBG. That's fine. You can put PUBG at ninety nine, and then put Crusader Kings at at ninety at ninety eight, and then you put the other two. I don't know. So, question: PUBG over Wolfenstein or over Halo, or like, do we? I I would actually be okay with flipping those. No, I I think PUBG is too important for that. Too important. It's the original Battle Royale that gave us Tetris ninety nine. I don't know that that is what gave you Tetris 99, but Unfortunately, sure. it also gave us Fortnite, but... Oh, uh, okay, so maybe... Yeah, I would lower. say PUBG spawned Fortnite, which then spawned the other... No, I mean... Battle Royals. You can't, like, if Fortnite it. had not been successful, there wouldn't have been any other Battle Royals after that. Fair enough. I, I just don't... I was surprised by... Like the thing, I, the thing that impresses me about PUBG is more like how it came to be. You know, it started out as a mod for, I guess, Arma, and it's like a tiny little indie developer that made it, and it got it. It just kind of built like a groundswell of uh, cult hype over time. So um, I think it deserves to be here, probably above. Let's put it between Crusader Kings two and Wolfenstein. All right, uh, I feel like. Walking Dead is really high. It like, is. It is too se- high. 75, way too high. Where would you put that, Sean? We could put it down there, too. 
I, I do not think it is. I mean, the story is still impactful, especially if you haven't played it at all. Um, but I think you also have to have a bit of a connection to The Walking Dead, the show as well. I mean, it's not, it's not like Wolf Among Us where I think you can walk in, not know anything about those characters and enjoy that. I think Walking Dead, you have to have an attachment to that and also just, I think Lee and Clementine are great, but it's just like, man, uh, the rest of that game just, it, it is kind of what it is. You know? I think there are good characters in that game, but it just, like, the plot really does just kind of fall apart at a certain point. Mm. And, I mean, the game engine is kind of busted on how it handles actions. I mean, that game was, like, for its time, it was actually fairly passable, but like, the later mm. action-heavy and, games, like Batman in particular, really Yeah, this really is before oh, that engine really but, starts burning but, you. When I mean, I even had problems with that game. Like, that game, I lost, I was in I had like a, a save to chapter or to like episode four. Yeah, there, were, there was a corruption. There were some yeah. things were corrupt at the time. And I, lo- I, got, I got lost like episode two. So I had to like replay two chapters or two episodes. And I'm yeah. like, this is not good. Well, we can all agree the engine sucks, but uh, I don't know if I agree that the story falls apart. I mean, that's Walking I, Dead season one is the only one of those games where like, I mean, I cried at the end of that game. Like it was genuine. Oh, yeah, searching. definitely. I, I that think, moment when uh, it happens is. I, I think the. I think the uh, relationship between Lee and whatever her name is Clementine is late here uh, is good, but like the whole Deus Ex Machina of like, oh, he's talking to this dude, uh, and then like even if you make the make the choice of you don't want to steal the supplies, it still guides you in that direction, and then he's still pissed off at you, and it's like, huh? Like I was the one who said we shouldn't do this, but then the group said it otherwise, so. Why are you blaming me? The main thing we need to do that I care about is that we put Life is Strange above Walking Dead Season 1. Because we've currently got it below, and it's just it's just a better version of the Telltale formula in pretty much every way. Like, graphically, better puzzles. Are we putting it above Wolf Among Us as well? I don't I know, mean, but... I would hmm. say, well, I like Wolf Among Us more, just as a singular story. But I think Life is Strange is like the best of those types of games. Okay. Well, because it does not. It's not. It doesn't have the QTE bullshit of those games. You know, for like do quick analog motions or do crap like that. Like it's all very measured. And the fact well, that we, have, like, we want to move Wolf Among Us have, down some and put Life is Strange up. Some then. I, I don't, is, well, Wolf Among Us is really high right now. Yeah, 63. It's 50, yeah. I mean, I. Would, I don't know, but like, I don't know that that game really needs to be that high either. You know, you know I like, remember we're really this good. is. Yeah, but still suffers from the engine problem. Is Wolf Among say, Us in the in the bottom twenty five? Is the question, I guess. I would say it doesn't suffer as bad. Like because there aren't quite as many action sequences in that particular game. There are a few, and it, they can get occasionally gnarly. But they didn't have nearly as many problems as that with that as Batman or uh, what is it, Game of Thrones or oh my God. just all yeah. Tales from the Borderlands. I I thought yeah, didn't Borderlands suffer. was Borderlands was cool, but like some of the sequences were really messy, especially like that mm-hmm. racing sequence. It's like no, oh, I don't yeah, want to do this, this. That did not work. Nope. Alright, so let's start by putting, let's start by moving Life is Strange up some, and then we'll put Walking Dead Season 1 kind of near the bottom of where we're currently making our list. Mark, where do you want to slot? You've got Endless Legends as your game you want to insert. Where do you want to slot that thing? I mean, we could put it, you know, kind of wherever. Like, I mean, high 90s would be fine, or... Mid 90s? High 90s? Okay. (laughs) Like, I mean, no one else plays it because no one else ever plays PC games. So, how about is it better or worse than Walking Dead? I mean, I would think it's uh, better, but uh, you can have it below. Yeah, you know, like Walking let, Dead. Walking, Walking Dead be on a tad, above a it. tad more influential. Yeah, okay, Sean, Sean, you think Walking Dead above Endless Legend? I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I, w- I would say that. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, Bioshock Two, way too high. What do you guys say? Yeah, I think it's down. it's pretty high. It's we've got it at eighty five. Now Alright, let's let's we've talked about Bioshock two before on previous shows, but let's just 
recount it. Mark, you're a big fan because you like yep. the combat. Good, good combat. The story is fine. Like it doesn't have the, uh, you know, shock of the first one, pardon the pun, but I think it's just a very decent, good story. Uh, like I said, the combat's really good. I like the philosophical changes that, that happen in Rapture. Mm. Yeah. I even like the multiplayer, uh, because the combat was so improved from the first one. But what, um, what justifies its place on the list for me, just not as high as it is, but what justifies its place to me is Minerva's Den, because that to me is still the best Bioshock story. So, uh, I really like that. One of the greatest DLCs ever. But still, um, I still think it is probably pretty low on this list. Let's put it at, like, let's put it above Walking Dead for now and see if anything else um, goes below it or not. Where shall we put? We've got, we've got Resident Evil Seven really low. Wait, no, or do we? Yeah, I mean, we do. It could probably go up a little bit. It's at 92 right now, Resident Evil 7. Yeah, you can go up a little bit. Yeah, it's just... Um, I, I just feel it's kind of like the exemplar of that whole genre, you know, the Outlast, Amnesia, kind of first-person survival horror, and it's a good reset after 6. Right. Like they really kind of uh, rethought that franchise in an interesting way. I mean, and we know, of course, if Randy were here, he'd talk about what an incredibly scary VR experience it is. No, it is a incredibly scary VR experience. I mean, what kind of stinks is that the story drops off in that back half, but the first two parts of that game are tremendous and just, uh, the, the, all that main family that you're battling against for the whole story is actually really well done. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. okay. So what do we reshuffle next? We've got Luigi's Mansion 3. We've got uh, Papers, Please. I think Papers, Please could be in the, like, you know, upper 80s. But Luigi's mm. Mansion 3 could go lower. I mean, yeah, it's a I mean, recent it's release. Cool. It's really good. It's a recent, yeah. you know. Mark, you've played it. Like, I mean, it's a great Luigi's Mansion game, clearly. But well, it's the only one I've played. Uh, I okay. just like it because it has very different settings. Like, it, like most of the hotel floors offer something new and like a very distinct different setting. Would you uh, be okay if? Oh, so go ahead, go on. No, that's fine. I mean, yeah, just good ghost busting action. <laughs> where would you, where would you put it, Mark? Plus, Luigi can. He's a plumber. What? What more do you want? I love Luigi as a character. He's only problem is he can't jump, which is really weird. <laughs> He doesn't I mean, get freaked out like Luigi. Yeah, like nineties is fine. Like nineties. No. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do high nineties. We'll remove it just above Bioshock for now. Um, and then life is yeah. Let's let's put. I want to put Life is Strange there just because we already talked about it, but I just want it to be above Walking Dead. Currently, it's at ninety five, which is below where we have Walking Dead, which is not good. Yeah. Okay, so that's good. Uh, so that's that's Life is Strange now at ninety one, which so it's it's been elevated a bit. Uh, since we're doing adventure games, papers please. Uh, just to describe what that is, it's um oh who's the who's the guy Lucas Pope Re- Lucas Pope yes mm. he's did papers please and Return of Berlin represented twice in our list but yeah papers please. Kind of his first, the game that put him on the map. Uh, it's Wasn't a, his uh, first Cart Life? Oh, no, you're, you're right. Cart Life. Gosh. You but know, you're right about very... putting him on the map. It was the game that people take notice of who he is. I mean, yeah. I remember yeah. Cart Life had buzz. Cart Life had enough buzz that like I was convinced to buy it and play it for like an hour and then give up on it. Uh, but Papers, Please somehow, you know, the... The gameplay where it's really just about comparing documents and then making decisions, and uh, the one, the either tragic or hilarious or heartwarming consequences that can emerge out of that. Um, I just thought it was a really unique, really compelling thing. So I'm going to put it above Life is Strange. I am not sure how 
I haven't played Oberdin, so I don't know if Oberdin is better or worse than o- Oberdin's better. Uh, it's he gets to have a lot more freedom in this game in order and how it's it's basically a very grandiose whodunit, and it very well challenges you to get your pen and pen and paper out there. And have to write stuff down. Because you're not going to remember it all. There's so much going on. So many different people. You have to remember what happened to them. When did it happen. Exactly. You're, like, you're rewinding time and going through and finding out what happened. As a insurance adjuster. And finding out how much money each of these families are supposed to receive. From the untimely deaths of this entire crew. And it's it's just super interesting, and it's a, got that little great art style, and it's a, got a really good soundtrack as well. Um, Man, so. I didn't realize you were an insurance adjuster in that game. Lucas Pope really loves his mundane. I, I want I want Lucas Pope to adapt the uh, forensic certified public accountant and uh, the uh, cremated sixty four square financial accounts. <laughs> like he just has a he seems to have a knack for that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, so I need to play that. I really need to play Same, that game. Uh, Same as Kojima, let's be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, being a delivery boy, running a cart. I love that. I, I love the uh, turning mundanity into something that is, uh, you know, relatable and uh, interesting. All right, let's put Return of Oberdin above papers, please. But, you know, I, I, this also seems like a good... We've got to put your... Let's see, what games haven't we... Yeah, we haven't talked about Doki Doki. Yes. Yes, we got to put Doki Doki somewhere. What, what do you uh, think, Sean? Yeah, this is a. I mean, I'd want it to be higher, but I think we've got other games that perhaps you know. Uh, now, to be fair, we we both love Doki Doki Literature Club, you and I. So yes. it could go. We could put it higher if we wanted to. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I I think for what it does for visual novels, and. Just being it, you know, it's a free title, right? It's not, you're not paying a bunch of money for it. And for it to give you the twists and turns that it does, and also just, it's not, has a good story as well. It's not just, it's not just a game you're playing for the, oh my God, I want the wackiness. It's actually good at what it does too. So, Mm. you know... Alright, how about this? If we put it uh, above Life is Strange, then it would be, you know, number one of the bottom ten, basically. It would be kind of the, the start. It would be at the top of the bottom ten. Alright, that's that's fine. Okay. I mean, I, I'd want it to go higher, but again, you're you're also dropping other games more here, so... Well, I mean, okay, so do you like it better than Oberdin? That's the real... Uh, Oberdin was one of my favorite games of 2018. Probably you perhaps could, my we, favorite game. We could put it above Papers, Please. Yeah, do that. Okay. There's no reason not to fine-tune. Yeah, that's I, I feel good about that. Between those, I'm always kind of looking at what the adjacent games are. Because I wanted, I wanted yeah, to make you, some kind of sense. You have this thing about you don't want the same kind of game to be around each other or something. <laughs> I mean, we do have we do have four adventure games in a row, but I'm going to live with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's that's Papers, Please. We've got, we've got uh, well, Evil Place. I don't think Mark has brought up his other game, you know, Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, Yeah. Uh, we got to find a p- spot for that somewhere. It's a better zombie game than Resident Evil 7. Mm. Is it? Mm. It has a Michael Jackson thriller zombie. That's all you need to know. Well, <laughs> it, it probably has more zombie types. I would agree with you there. I do think it's a really... I mean, I played the hell out of Plants vs. Zombies back when it was out. I mean, honestly, I think it's like the last good PopCat yeah. game. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's the one that stands the test of time as well compared to the other Plants vs. Zombies games. Where well, one is literally about time travel. That's a dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's put it at 86 for now. Let's put it at 86 for now. 
Okay. And and we can we can figure out. Okay, let's let's look at some of these other things. So, I've got Kerbal. Uh, yeah. I don't. I haven't put Kerbal anywhere right now. I'm going to put Kerbal ahead of Plants vs Zombies because I I just think it's a more like nobody talks about or thinks about Plants vs Zombies anymore, other than I guess I mean, us people. Other than like EA us, other trying than me, to, it continually rails about Plants vs Zombies too, on the you know, PC version. <laughs> sure, but that's really I mean that franchise is dead. I feel like Kerbal Space Program is still very much in the conversation in the zeitgeist. Well, I mean, it helps too that. Um, Take two bought it and put it into their private division label, and I think they're making a second one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that has kept it in the conversation. Okay, so there are a couple of games here that are super low. So we've got like Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest Eleven, which is a fantastic, you know, it's the classic Dragon Quest game that you've always wanted, but on a modern console in a modern art style, super high production values, an insane amount of game. No, oh, uh, God, it goes on forever. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love the I love the characters in the game as well, and that the the British voice acting a lot of times is corny, but it actually works really well in this game, uh, and it actually makes Eric the only one that isn't uh, stand out as like just comes off as weird or you know, um, uh, the obviously the Toriyama art style still beautiful and. And if you play it on Switch, you get the better orchestral version, and and hey, you yeah. get to take a huge ass game with you on the go wherever you want. I mean, that's what you want of an RPG. Uh, Having the orchestral soundtrack to me, I mean, of course, there's also like they there's like another twenty hours of content that they added. Yeah, but, I, it uh, just sucked that the PS4 version the the guy that's in charge of all their soundtracks is like got a problem with letting his soundtrack be redone the redone versions be sent overseas so like you didn't get that and it was annoying to hear the same songs over and over and then of course yeah. it helps a lot that the switch version they they were able to get that in i mean you still hear the same songs over and over they just sound better because it's not yeah but i feel like each of the towns actually has their own theme instead of in the ps4 version they really didn't oh, okay so. well so, so better than Plants vs. Zombies, I would say. Is it better than Kerbal Space Program? No. Okay. All right. Let's. Where, where should where should what remains of Edith Finch go? I don't want to cluster it with all these other adventure games. I think it can go a little higher above Dragon Quest as well. I think it's one of the top two or three of those walking simulators. I mean, it's. Um, I think. It helped Annapurna get a even much bigger name than it already was publishing indie titles. And it's just, it just has such a special story that I feel like more than Firewatch or more than Gone Home or more than some of these others. Like, if I were to tell you, go play a walking sim and you're like, ah, but walking sims, they're boring or they're whatever. I don't get them. I feel like this one, you're going to understand his story and you're going to be uh, enthralled by it by the end. Yeah. It's on my pile of shame, but yeah, I haven't. I know you and. Hey, it's a short game. So you, can, you can knock it out quick. After, afternoon. Yeah. All, All right. right. The next thing I've got on the list here at 86 is Far Cry 3. Oh, that's got to go just, higher, way higher. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm just going to move this out and put it where Far Cry 4 was. Uh, and we won't worry about it right now. Okay. Alright. Bioshock, we've dealt, dealt with... Alright. Um, Goose Game. Yeah, Untitled Goose Game. Uh, I know you mm. love this game. I did too. It's I do. <sighs> just playing as a goose is so so fun, and like they could have just mailed it in, right? He could have just been... Oh, he he does stuff, and it's funny. It could have been another goat simulator or whatever, but they added so much love and and like little intricacies to how you move the goose around and what he does, and and just freely honking and flapping your wings and all those kinds of things. It's like when the biggest complaint you have about that game is that it's you don't get enough time with the goose. You know, you did something right. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, it's too short, but in yeah. every other way. 
just so charming, uh, made that kind of puzzle stealth gameplay accessible and unfrustrating and fun. And yeah, of course, the concept itself uh, is what would really, you know, made that game blow up. So I feel it probably should be a little bit higher. I'm going to put it above Kerbal for now. So let's see. How do we feel about Cuphead at 81? Uh, let's, you can move it down a little bit. I mean, again, okay. like, Cuphead is just such a special game. It's, like, Studio MDHR, they took all that time to especially animate those scenes, and it took them so long for that game to come out, and then it comes out, and it delivers on everything you wanted it to. That soundtrack is tremendous, like, all those characters are so unique, and those boss battles are, like, they're each memorable for their own thing. Um... I didn't get to finish it because they wouldn't let you finish the game on easy mode because, yeah, some of these boss battles get ridiculous after a while. Uh, but playing that game in co-op is so much fun. Like, there's just a lot to love about Cuphead, but I don't know. I feel like there's just something about Goose Game and Kerbal that they're just a little better. Okay, so... All right, I'm gonna just move it down like four, like four slots down to 85. What do you guys think? Like, okay, that's fine. actually, you know, yeah, you know what? Yeah, so it's now between Dragon Quest and Plants vs Zombies for you listeners. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one thing, since we've moved some stuff up, we're gonna to have to move some other games into here. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to think about what games we can move down. Yeah, like, we haven't talked about Rock Band 3 yet, but it can go in this area. Um, right, yeah, right. We, we do, Rock Band 3 should probably be like near the top of the bottom 25, right? Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll like, we'll just put it at the top for now and then we'll see if anything goes above it. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at the top, uh, I'm looking at, uh, you know, 50 to 75. Just kind of thinking about what can move down. And I'm thinking, as much as I love Super Hot, I feel like maybe Super Hot can, can move down. Uh, Mark, what do you think? I mean, I liked it. But it, I thought it got a little repetitive after a while, and uh, like you're just kind of doing the same, like you're just doing the same things over and over again. Just look around, find whatever item you need, and then kind of go to town on whatever enemies appear. <laughs> I mean, but the going to town is so good, right? Like turning turning slow mo kind of bullet time into a combat puzzle, and they are actually. I would. I don't think it's that. There are interesting challenge modes that you unlock after you finish the main game. Uh, of course, VR is really good, but I, I just. Uh, also, I feel it should. Yeah. I remember I had at least I think like two levels that glitch out on me, glitch out on me in like really funny ways. Where really? like, I went like one level where like I was in a parking garage and I killed all enemies except for one, and the only item that was left, like somehow got wedged under the car. Mm-hmm. So the guy kept trying to like run to the car, and he just kept running around the car. And right. I was just watching this, and going like, "This is pretty funny." <laughs> it's just kind of crazy to me where it's like really high. We've got it at sixty-two right now. It's like it's above Brothers, it's above Wolf Among Us, above Overwatch, even above Bayonetta two. Uh, I just think it hangs much more in like the Untitled Goose Game kind of area. Yeah. So, Okay, but so I'll put it at the top of this list right now. Um, okay, we've got Tokyo Mirage Session at seventy nine. I would move that up a little. Up a little. What about how about uh, how about like above? Put it at that seventy six spot. To, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Above Rock Band three and Super Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then we've got. At 82, South Park Stick of Truth. Seems like it's probably a little bit better than that. I'm actually yeah. surprised we didn't move that one. I'm surprised we didn't move that one out of the bottom 25. 
to be honest. It's okay. good, but I mean, it's it's very much like my first RPG. There's not a ton of new. Yeah, I mean, it's got mechanics. the turn base that old school style turn based combat, which is not bad. It's good. Mm-hmm. I I mean, Dragon Quest is the same thing. Um, but I think also it's just that story is much like Dragon Quest is your traditional RPG story. Here we go. He's he's the luminary, and he's his mom had to drop him off with this like she got attacked and and he had to get dropped off at this this uh this town and then his town gets destroyed and so now he's off to find out what's going on like south park like makes fun of all those things and then also is south park on top of it like it's a basically an episode of south park with even more extreme and crazy stuff and it's like, I don't know how many times I've played that game and I was like, oh my god, I hope my daughter doesn't walk in while I'm playing this. Like, it's like, you know, like, um, but I, I right. they, like, to the, to the point where, like, the second game was not even, you know, thought of for this list because this one was just very memorable and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like I was in that world. I felt lost in South Park and that's for somebody who doesn't watch it all that often and and I really enjoyed it. Right. And it's a li- it's okay. a licensed game that uh, how many times did we say licensed games suck and this it's one true. was great. And not just that South Park games suck, right? Like yeah. this is the first good South Park game that I can think of. Uh, so we've got, you know, I'm kind of come to think of it. So we've got South Park Stick of Truth at 82 and we've got Forza Horizon 83. Both of those should probably be higher. Uh, both of those could have probably moved out of the bottom 25 even in my mind, but Maybe we just kind of put them like at the top of the pile. Uh, Mark, do you want to make a case for Forza Horizon? I, I just think it's a good racing game, like a very good. Or like it's got some simulation stuff in it, but it's just I mean, it's pretty much going any car and you know do well at it. Would I, uh, as somebody who cannot deal with Forza tuning and like all the car fetishes and stuff and like all the is- simulation stuff, like? That it's is, an open world racer, more like, right? Yeah, I mean that actually is still there if you do want to do it, but you don't have to. Okay. And like, like I'm okay. This is like Forza Horizon Four right now, but like, I mean, like there are some specific jumps I need to hit in like certain cars, and I can just go buy a tuning setup, which is really nice. So that's not this game. Um, I think it has like a fantastic world. I think it's still the best driving world to in a Horizon game. It actually has like somewhat of a story, which is nice because the other ones don't. Great soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it's just all around fun. Okay, so you'd probably want that above. I I don't think I can. You know, I I still feel like Rock Band Three is probably a a better. Well, better. I mean, how do you compare this? Apples and oranges, right? Well, um, one, st- one started a franchise, and one ended it. <laughs> well, Rock Band, it didn't quite end the front. I mean, it, that the whole genre. It put it in like a dormant. We're there, but not really. Right. Yeah. Okay. I still, I, I just, I can't really have it above. I'd be fine with it being above Goose Game, but I wouldn't really want it above. How about this? Let's just grab South Park Stick of Truth and Forza Horizon and just move them both up three slots, like kind of to the bottom seventies. Yeah. Like seventy nine, eighty. Uh huh. That's and that, fine. That, uh, that would actually. Okay, so we've talked about Tokyo Mirage sessions. Actually, we haven't really. Talked I don't about think Tokyo we Mirage. haven't we've, actually. But we've we've got it at the top right now. Do we like it at the top? I'm fine with it there. I never so, played it. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a really good. It's a and great. You will probably really enjoy it if you do when it comes to Switch in a few days. Um. Yeah, place the pre-order now while you still can. Yeah, is it, I mean it's it's got one of the most fun battle systems out there. Yeah, Walmart Walmart does have it for cheaper, <laughs> and like it has its own like terrific soundtrack. It's it's a lot more Persona than Fire Emblem, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, without the you know that Persona flair, but it has its own. It's feel got its to own it. mood. Yeah, it's, I, it's I really like the mood. I like the music industry setting. I generally like the the very lighthearted. Yeah, the idol setting. Yeah, 
It's got a great art style. I mean, it's not as stylish as a Persona game, but it's got a great art style all its own. Yeah, I mean, I for being summons. on the Wii U, are amazing. it was an absolute, like, total sleeper. Like, it came out, and it had... Because, remember, it was, it was a much bigger... It had much more ties to Persona. And remember, the original game was, like, Persona Cross Fire Emblem, or something like that, mm-hmm. right? And then... It they almost removed almost all the Persona stuff. They kept the dungeons and some of the way like that they move around the town, and the final stuff almost mostly disappeared as well. And so it just came out, and then it was still a big hit. And I remember loving it for my Wii U, being like, "Wow, here's this game." Didn't think much of it, and and then all of a sudden, I was absolutely surprised when they're now that they're remastering it. And I was like, "Yes." Can't believe it, but it's here, and a lot of people should go check it out. Okay. Well, all right. It sounds like we're pretty comfortable with it being top of this list we did today. Yeah, I think so. Wow. That was, you know what? That was quick and painless. I think, I think we've got our, our list together. All right. So, since we talked about all the games already, I'm just going to read it off and then knock us. Out of here. So at 76, or we'll actually go bottom to top, I guess. So 100 is Detroit Become Human. 99 is Halo Reach. 98 is Wolfenstein The New Order. 97 is Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Uh, Number 96 is Crusader Kings 2. Endless Legend is at 95. Walking Dead. Telltale's Walking Dead Season 1 is at 94, Bioshock 2, 93, Luigi's Mansion 3, 92, Life is Strange, 91, Papers, Please is at 90, Doki Doki Literature Club, 89, Return of the Oprah Den, 88, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, 87, Plants vs. Zombies, 86, Cuphead, 85, Dragon Quest 11, 84, What Remains of Edith Finch, 83, Kerbal Space Program, 82, Untitled Goose Game, 81, Forza Horizon, 80, South Park Sick of Truth, 79, Rock Band 3, 78, Super Hot 77 and Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp Fire Emblem is 76. And we'll be doing 75 to 50 on the next episode. So we'll get half the list done whenever we get to do that one. And yeah, just next one after that will be 49 to 26. And then we'll get the 25 to number one. On It'll the only get one. harder from here. Yep, certainly. So I don't know if Randy O'Daniel will join us again for any of these, depending on when we do them. But hopefully at least the three of us will be here to do it. And if you like what you heard, you can always hit subscribe. You'll get all of these. Plus, you can go back and listen to our top tens for each year, if you're just joining us on this for some reason. And also, you know, Mark and I, and sometimes Jens as well, uh, do regular episodes each week. Talking about the news that's going on, games are playing. Uh, like I'm reviewing my first game of uh, 2020. Mark has also uh, got one in for 2020 as well. Still waiting to hear on a few more, and maybe you'll hear us talk about that later. You know, this week when we do our, our regular episode, we um, you know talk about the upcoming games and uh, more going on. So uh, make sure you listen for that. And, yeah, review if you can. And until next time, see you later, everybody.